0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. We are less than a month away from the All-Star Game, which is going to take place in the one of the best cities in the world, and that is San Diego, the host team obviously being the Padres, and that is why I'm bringing it up now because we're going to talk about the Padres I'm Allison Twitter, and I'm here with A.J. Caswell, A.J., I want to talk about happy stuff and not the 27 and 40 product that we're watching on the field. Um, will Myers has said that he will be in the home run derby if asked. Um, he also seems to be the most likely Padres all-star game representative. Do I have both of these correct? And uh, and how do you think he would fare if he was in a home run derby?
1: Well, uh, Will kind of has a, he has a nice kind of fluid swing that you would think would uh, be one of those that would – that would kind of suit the Home Run Derby in the format well. Uh, it's easy. There's not a whole lot of violent motion to it. So in that sense also, I know there's there's a myth out there about guys maybe ruining their swings with, during the Home Run Derby. I think his swing would be just fine. Um, I think he'd do well. Uh, right-handed power plays well at Petco Park, and obviously he, he, he hits here in batting practice every single day. So... Uh, he 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 would seem like as good a candidate as anyone. Obviously, Matt Kemp too. Uh, if they can take a hometown guy, both of those guys are are solid candidates. And uh, and right now, Will Myers is tearing the cover off the baseball, so he's also probably a a, a pretty good All Star Game candidate. Though there's, uh, there's clearly a lot of good third baseman in the na- or first baseman in the National League.
0: Yeah, I I know that the the park plays a lot more fair now than it did in its early years. Um, I get that. I get that it's a little more hitter-friendly. But, I, you know, I was sitting at the All-Star game last year watching the Home Run Derby in Cincinnati, um, which is just, you know, the greatest bandbox when it comes to stuff like that. And I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be a lot more difficult next year uh, at Petco. Um, I mean, are there any concerns just like, I mean, I've seen, you know, we've seen a lot of home run derbies over time when marginal home run hitters will, like, hit no home runs. <laughs> Um, you know, at a ballpark that might be a little bit more difficult to knock one out. Is there any concern that this could kind of be sort of a bummer of a home run derby? I,
1: I think with the new format, uh, that concern is kind of mitigated because if if you don't hit a home run once, it's not you, you don't get ten shots and you're out. You get as many shots as you get, and, and guys kind of keep hacking until they do. Petco Park is, like you said, played a lot more fair in the last few years. It's not Cincinnati. But one of the things I think that makes Petco Park uh, Kind of perfect for a home run derby is the stuff that it has going on in the outfield. Obviously, the Western Metal Supply Company building. Uh, in my eyes, it's one of the maybe aside from down the uh, right field line in San Francisco. It's one of the cooler places to watch a home run go. John Carlos Stanton the other day hit a hit a bomb that ended up going foul. But but when you see kind of the trajectory of the baseball and and where it goes, whether it's in the second deck, the third deck, over the whole thing, uh, it's it's cool to watch balls fly toward it. Uh, and Then you've got the beach out in right center field. Uh, you know what? I think the format of the derby and the fact that Peco has played a lot more hitter-friendly in the last few seasons, uh, just along with the fact that there's a lot going on at Peco Park that's going to make it uh, that's going to make home runs fun to watch. Yeah, I think it'll be it, it should be pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun regardless. It's just going it's just such a great venue, uh, and I know the city's just getting so fired up about it. Uh, so. The other, day, This is interesting. The other day, um, Ichiro Suzuki, at, uh, at when, while playing the Padres uh, in San Diego, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but he got a, a, his hit that tied P. Rose's or surpassed P. Rose's all-time record. And this is combined uh, with his, his hits in the Japanese league and, uh, and in Major League Baseball. So I get that Major League Baseball does not – recognize that does not count it, but still, it's something that we're talking about, and it's very significant because that's a lot of hits no matter where you get them. Um, Did they do anything to acknowledge this without acknowledging it, or was it just like another hit?
1: No, well, part of the problem was that uh,
0: it came two outs in the ninth inning,
1: and uh, it brought the tying run to the plate, so it was uh, Andy Green said afterward, you know what, we should have had more time to, uh, to respect that honor, but hey, we wanted to win the baseball game. Uh, they actually did stop the game for a little bit. sure was able to take his helmet off and, and thank the fans. He got a not, really nice ovation both when he tied it and when he uh, passed the record. They put something up on the scoreboard and said congratulations. Uh, obviously, uh, no one's saying he's the Major League Baseball hit king, but it's it's an unbelievable accomplishment when you think of how many hits, how 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 much how how much continuity that takes in a career. Uh, it's it's remarkable. And uh, uh, like Andy Green said, they it, they probably wish they could have taking more time maybe in an 8-4 game in the fourth inning or something. That's kind of what they were hoping for, but uh, the situation in the game may have overshadowed the hit a little bit.
0: Yeah, I also think it needs to be acknowledged that, I mean, I know this is a Padres podcast, but just to talk about him for a second, the fact that he is going to get 3,000 Major League hits, and he didn't even get to the majors, to Major League Baseball until his very late 20s, of almost 30. I'd have to look at the exact age that he was. But, I mean, we're talking about, like, when you see Jeter, I mean, he was, like, 38 playing like, all of his years in Major League Baseball and getting 3,000th hit, uh, like, in his, you know, 15th Major League season. Um, Craig Biggio was 41 when he got his 3,000th hit. Just the fact that his clock didn't even start counting until so much later uh, in his years is remarkable.
1: Yeah, it's, in- it's incredible. And there's people there's people out there that are upset that uh oh, it's not not the major league hit king with this with this record. You know what, the guy's approaching 3000 hits and he, he missed about seven or eight years that he spent playing in Japan. He's he's an incredible player. Um and that that was kind of the reaction in the Padres clubhouse afterwards is everyone's just kind of in awe of, of everything he's accomplished. He's been or he's he's been doing it for so long. He's he's one of the greatest. He's one of the
0: greatest hitters I think we'll ever see. Yeah. Total first out Hall of Famer. Okay, moving back to the Padres players. Um, Andrew Kastner, this, like, bums me out. I mean, I, I've been uh, paying attention to his career, just kind of following him, and um, this latest, uh, so a strained neck, and he's out for a while. Um, injury issues have been a problem, and that's, that's really a bummer because with the talent that he has, I know the Padres have been waiting for him to uh, kind of establish himself. Um, as a you know legitimate like top of the rotation guy, and he just can't seem to stay healthy. That's got to be uh, that's got to be disconcerting.
1: Yeah, it's frustrating. And earlier this season, uh, he was also on the disabled list. It's uh, it's frustrating for them uh, for a couple reasons. Obviously, one, they want him on the mound. They kind of have in, in his place. Uh, the the rotation is a little too makeshift without him. Um, but also, it's his last year of his contract. So if, if he were on the mound and performing, and the Padres are still underperforming. I mean, they could maybe move him before the deadline. I think at this point, with all the injuries he's undergone, uh, they would be happy to uh, to, to uh, offer him a qualifying offer during the off season. Because I don't know what his trade value is if, if there's so much, if, if there's such an injury concern uh, like there is now. It, it's disappointing. The Padres want to see him on the on the mound. He's he's obviously when he's in the rotation, it's a better rotation. Um, and he's he could potentially be a nice trade ship in July if he's healthy. But at this point in time, who knows?
0: Okay. All right, good stuff. Thank you so much, AJ. We'll catch up with you soon. Thanks.